Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Eric Chapman. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night radio show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right meow. Uh, a couple texts really quick, then we'll get to Greg Fish. Uh, Maddie, is Shane back tomorrow? Yes, uh, yes, Shane will Thank be back God. tomorrow. Um, he's just resting up his pipes. Good. Um, yeah, he just, uh, yeah, you know, as a broadcast professional, sometimes <laughs> you got to rest the pipes. So, wow, you got me a reason and everything. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's all I've got. Thanks. <laughs> so he will be back tomorrow. Good. For... I'm so glad that Shane's going to be back tomorrow. God, this, I, this guy right now is just so annoying. I know how much you hate hate doing this show and staying up all night with oh, us oh it's the worst w- oh. worst ever uh. <laughs> i do love getting texts at eight seven seven three nine nine though asking when shane's gonna be back bring him back right now and do my shame impression hi i'm shane welcome to the show got a text at eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight from john a building is a fixed structure attached to the ground a wall is a part of the structure to contain personal items and a door way is this an access point to go through the structure <laughs> not bad that was my shane hope you're listening shane love you that's uh, pretty good thanks man that's from john because we're talking about an rv and if it's a building and we're not going to bring it up because it's just too i just get too messed up in my head I got this one from Kat and Gimli. Hey, Kat, love ya. Uh, you guys are just way too young on the whole toque issue. It's cyclical, like fashion. In the 50s and 60s, it was a toque, or toque pronounced the same. <laughs> so I snorted. In the 70s, it was just a hat. Then Bob and Doug McKenzie were popular. And knitted wool hats became toques again, eh? Then when my kids were tweens <laughs> for a few years, hats were beanies for a few years. And for God's sakes, don't call a Sabrina it a Sabrina BC to... Hold on a sec. Uh, and for God's sake, don't call it a Sabrina because to Brits of a certain age, that's a push-up bra named after a voluptuous 60s movie star. Really? A Sabrina? Oh. Well... <laughs> Now we know. Now we're learning stuff. It's a terrible day when you don't learn something new. <laughs> That's right, Jason. Your girlfriend's name is uh, that of a uh, push-up bra for a voluptuous woman. Wow. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's good news. That's awesome news, dude. You should be way more hyped. I'm hyped. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. I ruined everything. Okay, let's do Greg Fish. Is there an intro for Greg? Uh, no, you just uh, sort of set it up. Oh, okay, okay. Well, here's Greg Fish from World of Weird Things. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I'm just I'm just sitting here learning about Sabrinas and trying now to figure out what an RV is a building, which is. <laughs> what do you think off the top, really quick? We don't have to go deep into it, but first initial thoughts: Is an RV a building, Greg Fish? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like one of those is cereal the soup or a broth or uh, I don't know. I mean, coffee's technically a three bean soup. I mean, right. if, you, if you have like a vanilla soy latte or something of that nature. Yeah. So that's 
you you get into some you get into some areas there that are just very difficult to define. Oh, we were we were breaking down what technically a wall and a door is yesterday, and how you can have a wall a, a, a wall of doors that technically just because it's a a door doesn't mean it's a wall. It's or it doesn't mean it's a door. It's actually just a wall. It was very confusing. Are you guys programmers by any chance? Because these are the kind of debates I have every day, and I just, I feel like my brain's gonna leak out of the ears by the time that by the time that we hang up I know. from the meeting. <laughs> I feel this. I feel like our listeners sometimes are like, I see them, they're like steaming at the ears and just foaming at the mouth. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Good lord above. Okay, uh, all right, okay. So, but we're talking about um, this fascinates me. Lab-grown meat. Do I have to put air quotes around it, meat every time I say it when we talk about this, Greg Fish? Nope, it's actual. Nope, it's actual meat. Okay, really, eh? Yes. So the idea is, uh, it's meat that's grown in bioreactors. It's muscle tissue that is put in an environment that is engineered to make this tissue grow. It's given the right scaffolding. It's given the right stimulation to get the. Um, to get the right properties of meat, and what comes out is actually meat as as far as we could possibly define it. Right. It's, it would be it, it would be biologically the same kind of meat that comes from an animal. Right. It's just not now. Is it is it like shaped like meat would be regularly too? And I, I mean, you're not growing the whole animal, obviously, but is it just kind of like they're creating square blocks of just meat? Not necessarily square okay. blocks, but you know, a lot of things will come essentially prepackaged as like burger patties or as like chicken cutlet shapes, that sort of deal. Okay, okay, fascinating. Okay, so but and the FDA is uh, they've approved um, or are about to approve a meat, aren't they? It's it's like chicken part two. Yeah, they've they've approved it, um, but it, I haven't really seen it. Um, I, I don't think it's, I, I, I don't know how well they've kind of, uh, they've kind of deployed it because I haven't really seen it in stores okay. and there really hasn't been very much about it. It just kind of fell off the, uh, fell off the radar. Hmm. Um, but that was kind of the deal. So here's the thing when, when it comes to people's food consumption, um, on the one hand, now, first of all, meat is delicious mm -hmm. and I do like meat, mm -hmm. but at the same time. Um, I, I've realized, and a lot of people are realizing, that livestock is not very environmentally friendly, especially, right. you know, on giant factory farms. Um, and a lot of people have been going vegetarian, but that's not necessarily a solution because when you um, – people need iron. People need certain fats. Um, people need certain um, nutrients that are really – most easiest to get out of meat. Um, and so giving up meat means they can get those elsewhere, but then it becomes a little problematic because then they have to know exactly what to eat and they have to manage their macronutrients. And uh, for a lot of vegetarians, that becomes too problematic and they switch back to meat. And, and when I say a lot, I mean like eight out of 10 statistically. No way. Really? Is it that much, Greg? Yeah, it's that much. Oh, wow. So, so people have been doing kind of the best of both worlds where they will just cut back on meat, especially red meat, and, you know, have a meal or two a day that don't have any, you know, meat in it. And then, you know, around dinner time or lunchtime, they'll, they'll partake in something that has meat. Mm -hmm. uh, that's certainly what, what I've been doing um, and a lot of nutritionists are recommending. 
but for people in the developing world for whom meat is just like a scarcity and now that you know they're getting now they're getting money now they're getting access their countries are 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 coming further along in development they now want meat and seafood because that is the most efficient way to get calories for them and the question is can we actually support it as a planet is there a way that we can um, grow meat better uh, because a biggest problem with factory farming really becomes not just the waste and the runoff and everything else that's associated with you know just pollution from a mass mm -hmm. factory operation it's also the fact that antibiotics they use as prophylactics right. and to build up mass and that increases potential for superbugs now that's not necessarily from us ingesting it although it may be partially there's still some studies that are uh, that are in the area some say yes some say no because there's a lot of processing that the meat goes through mm -hmm. but the biggest issue is while the animal is still alive those bacteria contaminate things around it and the workers who work with them so it's really mm -hmm. the spread while they're alive is what's uh, is is what's really dangerous. So oh. they're kind of a uh, livestock is really kind of a repository for superbugs the way that is grown right now. Oh wow, interesting. And you know what, Greg, with all the stuff you're mentioning here, um, like the like are the GMO people involved? Like, are there conspiracies that are popping up around this meat too? Like the whole soylent green is people sort of thing. I'm sure there are. I haven't really seen that many, but you know, if, if people think that vaccines have microchips in them, so I'm sure they're somewhere out there. I just haven't reached the the appropriate depth of stupidity on the internet to, to find that yet. Uh, it's amazing. But I'm sure it is amazing how hard it is to reach that depth, though, Greg. You make a point. Yeah, it, I would have. I thought I would have. I would have hit rock bottom earlier, but apparently, <laughs> apparently there's still not. there's still room to keep no. digging. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, so all that said, um, there are a number of scientists who said, hey, you know, we can just create meat and bioreactors. So first of all, it would be amazing for space travel if we ever want to, you know, colonize space and, and, and fly to other planets and still enjoy a nice meaty steak once in a while. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect. But then also, if we do it this way on Earth, then we don't have to use antibiotics. We don't have to use hormones. Mm -hmm. We can basically uh, drastically simplify you know, supply chains for meat, which have become really unwieldy and complicated. Now, I I don't know this for a fact, but I have heard, um, or at least I have been told, that in Canada, uh, you cannot get a medium rare burger. At least technically, not legally. Like you can get it, but technically, it should be well done, no matter what. That's is that, is I, that still correct? I want to say uh, I'm 99% sure you're hitting on something there, Greg. Yeah, I remember I worked as a line cook once, and they were just pounded it in my head no rare never rare never rare ever so yeah i think you might be onto something there so the, the rationale that i've read for this um and i say and I, I need to clarify this because i've read this like a year ago when i was researching something for this story um so the idea was that because the supply chain is so complicated a patty uh for the burger might have meat from five or six different animals that may have come from literally across the world. And because you cannot guarantee the quality and purity of every single animal, you have to basically nuke the burger. So without that complexity, knowing that, okay, well, there's this bioreactor setup that manufactures all the meat for this area, 
you know what the quality is, you know what the purity is, you can safely cook it to the mm-hmm. exact degree of doneness that you want without worrying too much. And if something goes wrong, it would take literally minutes to identify, okay, wh- where did this contamination come from? Right. How did it happen? Shut it down, pull it off the shelves because you can trace it even easier than you can now. Just the fact that we can trace where some of these outbreaks happen within days uh, is is really kind of nothing short of amazing, but this mm-hmm. would cut it down to literally minutes. So there's a lot of benefits to consider. Really, the only big problem is that, one, it's expensive, and two, some people might have kind of like an ick factor to it, like, oh, my God, this is something that came out of a lab. Yeah, that's and, where, where well, I, I feel it'll go away fast, but the, I, I do have a little bit of that, Greg, where it's like, well, it's weird. I, I don't know what where it comes from, but I, I, I'm a little standoffish towards it, just for, like you pointed out, because it's grown in a lab. Well, at the same time, it actually comes from animals. It comes from well, yeah. like, the actual animal cells. Yeah. That's, that's all it really is. Yeah, I know, but um, I don't know what it is that just gets into my head. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's it's new and unusual. And actually, one of the things is... I, I when I the last time I wrote about it I thought well what if we had like a marketing campaign for it that would involve like astronauts like we we start growing it on the International Space Station yeah. uh, you start you basically uh, and you market it as like an astronaut burger I think a lot of people will want to try it and that could be part of how you make that ick factor go away well I feel like too like you were mentioning too because we have such control over it like could we get even like a better quality of a steak that we have now as well if we just engineer properly. I think it's I think it's entirely possible. I, I don't think that's really within the scope of current technology. Right. We don't have that level of control quite yet. But I don't see after, you know, a decade or two why we can't produce something that is similar to like Wagyu or or something just very high brow and high end. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And I feel like the 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 cost of this, once we get it down, maybe not now cuz you like you said, but once there's a streamlined process for this, I feel like the cost would be much cheaper. You or know, it? it might not be. No? It might not necessarily be. It might not necessarily be as cheaper than than meat as it's, as it's raised now because now it's there's a lot of like you know cutthroat pricing. Right, right. But if it's about the same price and the environment is much better off for it, uh, that's going to be much better. The real huh. problem that's gonna that's gonna come is going to be more political because a lot of farmers are not going to want to lose their livelihoods and will right. fight this no matter what. Right. So I think that's going to be the real the real problem yeah. over the long term for mass adoption. That said, it's still going to take a very long time before we rely on lab grown meat for food supply if we ever do and you could have a lot of transitional planning in the meantime mm-hmm. to say well what what can we actually do to make this a thing totally awesome greg this is very interesting thanks for hanging out as always my friend always a pleasure right on greg fish from world of weird com, talking about growing meat in a lab man we're getting a lot of texts 877-399-9898 from John Soylent Green. That's what it's called. Soylent Green is people. It's people. Have you ever had it, Eric? Soylent Green? Yeah. Yes. I have. What did it what did it taste like? Um Jason's Tears. <laughs> I thought it kind of tasted like chicken. <laughs> That's it. So we're in the matrix, man. It all tastes like chicken, buddy. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. During the month of October, 
Saskatchewan law enforcement members will be keeping an eye on distracted uh, drivers in a major way. Police will be looking for drivers using mobile devices or just not paying enough attention to the road during next month's traffic safety spotlight. Saskatchewan Government Insurance, SGI, said distracted driving is a top traffic safety concern, contributing to 16 deaths and over 4,500 collisions on the province's roads in 2019. The last traffic spotlight that focused on distracted driving resulted in 700 tickets during June. It's a lot of money. So I talked to Kyla Lee from Acumen Law about it, and we got down to the nitty-gritty. Distracted driving month. Who knew? I, I didn't know about this, so this is exciting and new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally ineffective. Yeah. I was gonna, you know, Kyla Lee, expert at all things, uh, lawyer extraordinaire. I was going to ask you that as one of my first questions. Is this just a cash grab? Yes, this is a cash grab. I mean, the reality is that we keep increasing, not just, you know, in Saskatchewan, but in every province across the country, we keep increasing the consequences for distracted driving, and the behavior isn't changing. So if Increasing the penalty and taking more money from people isn't changing their behavior. Then the justification of this is going to get fewer people to use their phones while driving is not legitimate. And it is a cash grab. Is there evidence of things that we do do that does change people's behavior when it comes to driving? Absolutely. Education and consistent visible enforcement. So things like Distracted Driving Month, when you're made aware of it, when you're you're seeing police officers on the road enforcing it, when there is messaging on the side of the road, those things will persuade people not to use their phones. But saying, we're going to make you pay more money or it's going to cost you this much money isn't going to change that behavior at the time that people are sitting in their car wondering if they should quickly check their text messages while stopped at a red light. Well, you just mentioned the, the, the fines. Go, didn't they just change it recently? In, like in, just earlier this year, didn't they up the fines already in, in Saskatchewan? Yes, it's now $580 for your first ticket, um, plus four demerit points. And then your second ticket, you're looking at a total cost of $1,400. And the third ticket is up to $2,100 wow. after all of the consequences are totaled. I mean, that's a heavy chunk of change. That's, that's nothing to, to gawk at, that's for sure. Well, most people can't afford $580, much less $2,100. So you have to think if $2,100, which is more than your rent, um, more than your grocery bill for the month, if it's that much money and it's not changing people's behavior, the money is not bringing the message home. Right. Is, is, is distracted driving really bad in Saskatchewan? Or is it just bad everywhere? Really, or is it not that bad? It, it, I mean, they say it's bad everywhere, Um, but here in British Columbia, we were able to get data from the coroner's office a couple years ago that showed that while the government was saying that there were several hundred distracted driving deaths, there were in fact only two deaths that were attributed, in fact, to distracted driving by the coroner. So it's a problem in the sense that people are flouting the law and they're doing it, but it's not leading to as much carnage on the roadway as the government would have you believe. Hmm, interesting. I wonder why they keep... You know, I talked to an ex-police officer, a 30-year traffic cop a while ago, and he's, he always gives me this weird kind of look. He's like, if you actually knew what, what they really... what the distracted driving BS is all really about, you wouldn't believe it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, the distracted driving isn't really a, a, a big issue out there. Is, 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 does, is he like speaking a little bit of truth in a, in a kind of nonchalant way there? He is. 
in policing, they actually characterize distracted driving much differently than we do as the public. Um, it's not just using your, your electronic device while you're driving. It's anything that's going to take your attention off the roadway. And so they, they categorize all the distractions, like mental distractions, cognitive distractions, auditory distractions, having your radio on is distracted driving, thinking about, you know, your family drama that you're going through is distracted driving. All of these things are distracted driving, and they're all equally as dangerous as picking up your phone. Right. So how the heck... <laughs> I should never be driving, but what you what you just described, Kyla Lee, expert at all things. I should never drive because I'm usually always angry and or all those things. So yeah, yeah, I find that fascinating. This whole distracted driving thing is, you're right. It's a cash grab. Yeah, I mean, I, I save that term for things that I truly believe yeah. are being done improperly by government. What about uh, the police too? Like, this is this does it cost them a lot more to like rally the troops and do big programs like this, or is this not really taken out of their budget a lot? It's not really taken out of their budget because anytime police collect fines through traffic enforcement, they get that money back in that there's dividends paid back to policing from the general revenue that's obtained through ticketing. Um, but in addition, they get additional funds from outside sources to run these distracted driving blitzes. So it's in their interest to run them because people will throw money at the police and say, let's take distracted drivers off the road. Here's $10,000 to enforce it. Outside sources like like who, like insurance companies? Insurance companies. Uh, there's lots of public interest advocacy groups against distracted driving, uh, similar to the way that MAD will fund police doing counterattack roadblocks, that type of thing. Oh. Well, I guess their, their excuse or their, their reasoning, not excuse, I shouldn't say that. The reasoning is they're taking people that could harm other people off the road. So what the heck? We'll just take this money from anybody then. That doesn't seem right, though. It doesn't seem right, but you have to remember that police budgets are, um, you know, they're divided between all sorts of different things that pull at their resources, especially with the opioid crisis. Um, and now the police having the additional responsibility in lots of places of enforcing social distancing rules and masking orders, depending on where you are. And so them getting money to enforce the law from outside sources actually facilitates them doing more policing and less, you know, mental health and, and community support work. Which is not what we want. No, we want to defund the police, take yeah. the money away from them doing those things and, and put it into them enforcing traffic laws because that's what police should be doing. <laughs> right. as, a, as, a, as an as amazing lawyer, can you practice law in any province or do you have to have like a special certificate to go and practice, say, a DUI court case in Saskatchewan because you're based in BC? I can practice in any of the provinces for, except for Quebec, uh, for up to 100 days out of the year. And then I'm called uh, to the bar in Yukon as well, so I can practice in Yukon freely. What's up with Quebec, man? They always want to be different. <laughs> they are different. <laughs> I mean, they have a sort of a different system for how they deal okay. with their laws. So you have to have sort of special consideration to do Quebec. Okay. Well, we will not be celebrating Distracted Driving Month in October, then, will we? I'm not celebrating it, no. <laughs> no, it's nothing we should celebrate. Right, okay, good call. Okay, you're such a professional at talking. I can't get you to flub up anytime. Okay, Kyla, it was a pleasure talking with you as always. Well, thank you for having me. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay with a man facing prison in Thailand after posting negative reviews of a resort? That seems like a harsh <sighs> penalty. Yeah, I'm on the bubble with this. Like, Yeah, kind of harsh. I mean, 
Prison? Prison. Well, he broke the law. Like, if if the penalty for posting a negative review online, yeah. no matter what it is, yeah. was was prison, we would all be in prison. Are you kidding me? The entire Earth. I, I would be in Azkaban. The entire Earth that has an internet connection <laughs> would be in prison. So there would be a few people that aren't. Yeah, but for the, the most part, yeah. Like yeah. 98% of the world. Like the folks that have no electricity would not be in jail. Yeah, right. But like, you know, the Amish would be okay. But... I, I still say they're sneaking in the internet. Everybody would be in jail. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you think, Jason? Yeah, well, I, I think, for, first of all, for the guy, he should he should have known what the rule was before yes. he did it. See, this he, is he my probably, point. Yeah. Yeah, he probably reacted out of emotion and just did it because he was so mad. But I, I still think prison is a pretty crazy punishment for doing something like that. I mean, it is. You're right. I agree. It's crazy. But I mean, you never you don't write a bad review. Like if I'm at like a restaurant and I'm writing a review while I'm in the restaurant and they're going to see it before I leave. The, that's just silly. You, you wait till you get home. Then you write the crappy review. Then you don't get the laws on you. An American man who lives in Thailand was unhappy that a resort hotel wanted to charge him $15 corkage free for bringing his own bottle of gin to the restaurant. OK, this is over $15 now. He argued with the manager and then later did what has become second nature for a disgruntled tourist. He posted a negative reviews on the resort online. Here's a national syndicated daytime talk show, Daily Blast, discussing the incident. Okay, so how much do you read and trust <laughs> online reviews? Well, an American man is facing two years in a Thai jail, and it's all over negative online reviews that he left. So the man posted reviews like this that said staff at a Thai resort were very rude and told folks to avoid it as if it was the coronavirus. The hotel, the CV resort, Ooh. sought legal action after what it says were repeated and made up online reviews which painted the resort in a false light. So here it is, the question. Do you read online reviews and how much do you trust them and what do you make of the jail time, Jeff? Or Jeff? <laughs> 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 Listen, I don't know if you should get jail time, but there's there should be some sort of penalty or some sort of fine for this. Could you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. we oh, hear sorry. You. Yes. Uh, you guys were acting weird. Yeah, I can't hear you. That's why I'm hitting stop on that. Um, wow. The guy's like 15. He's writing this like. I think he deserves this. Like he went on and hammered these people over pay, having to pay $15 for a corkage fee. Like what kind of bum are you? Pay the 15 bucks. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, there are some people like that, that like that when they get mad over something small like that, they'll they'll immediately go to the reviews online because I used to work at a hotel. Oh, and that you? was that was one thing. And if you, and if they got pissed off at like an agent, a front desk agent or yeah. like a, or a or a bellhop, yeah. they'd immediately go online as if like the hotel were trying to do something to them. <laughs> so I, I do agree with what the clip said, where he do, where a punishment is deserved. Uh, but prison is no man. That's way off the lines there. Yeah, no. Like, like if you like it's, murdered someone in the hotel, it's only like six months. Though, then maybe like go that. to prison. It's but, only like six months. You know, posting an, an, a negative article is not the same as you know killing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I mean, you make a you you do make an excellent point, man. It's hard to argue your points. <laughs> oh, I'm snorting a lot today. Jeez. Ah. Uh. Plus, with that clip there, I felt like we were listening to the shift for a second. Oh my god! Oh, that if that's Can you hear what we, me? if that's what we sound like. Hello, <laughs> you, nobody's listening. If that's what we sound like, oh goodness! <laughs> can you? Hey, Matt, can you hear me? Uh, Ma Matt, 
Check, check. Ma- Matt. Yes. Are you there? No. <laughs> Do you have $15 I can borrow to pay this corkage fee before I go to jail? Uh, I'm strapped until uh, payday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you transfer birdseed into cash? That's my question. Okay. That might, might translate to wood chips. <laughs> Was it wood chips now? You graduated to wood chips. Good for you, man. You can start a fire in the winter instead of freezing to death now. Are you okay with a French school teacher being fired for having face tattoos and black eyes? Uh, just to explain really quick, you can do this thing where you get ink injected into your eyes, making them look black, so the whites of your eyes are gone. It's like a, t- it's a form of tattooing. I forget what it's called. So it's like when you have two, like you purposely give yourself two shiners? No, no, no. I'm talking the actual eyeball. Oh! Like, not shiners. Yeah, right. No, so it's like they, they oh, freaky. inject it just, yeah, I've seen it done before. It's really freaky. It's really weird. But yeah, it makes your eyes look black. Wow. Yeah, wow. and face tattoos. Um, I mean, you don't normally see, like, like face tattoos... First of all, face tattoos are, are pretty awesome, and they're pretty metal. But, yeah. you know, you don't take the kind of... You don't t- tend to see the kind of people that are in public positions, like a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you worked in a call center or if you worked in a warehouse, maybe a face tattoo would be more... You know, everybody would be cool with that. Yeah, yeah. But I could see how people, like, maybe a parent or... I get it. I would, understand. Wouldn't be cool yeah. with your... You know, with your teacher having two black eyes and a face tattoo. Right. And no, this like his face. It's like his whole it's like his face is a tattoo. Yeah. It's not like a little teardrop or anything like that. Okay. I mean, I mean, face tattoos have come a long way if we're on that topic. Like it used to be you saw someone with a face tattoo. You're like, oh, that person eats babies. But now it's like, uh, like, like normal people have face tattoos nowadays. Like I have a friend who has a, she recently got a face, two face tattoos and she's just, she's a figure skater. She's a normal person and that's what she does. And she has face tattoos. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm all for tattooing. I've got a bunch myself. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's definitely a commitment if you're getting it on your face. Like it limits the, it limits the amount of employment that you can get. Yes, it does. But I think that's a shame. It is no, it, I mean it is, but that's just the kind of society we live absolutely, in. Absolutely, absolutely. To your point, yes, but I do think that I think we should. Jason, what do you think? Well, well, the thing is, if he's a school teacher, yeah, so he's seeing kids every day, yeah. So imagine kids; they see this guy with a face tattoo, and that's the person teaching them. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I am like one hundred percent okay with this guy really? getting fired over having face tattoos. Really, because it's like. It's if like Matt's right. Like if you get a face tattoo, you already know that you there's some jobs that you just can't do, and teacher is absolutely one of them. Like if you were if you were a college professor, maybe maybe, but it, it's I don't think it's it specifies here. But it, I'm guessing it's gonna be a young, like a younger group of children. Like imagine seeing that every day. Like I can imagine myself being as a kid. I can see a teacher with a face tattoo. You know, I'm going to have nightmares about that. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, that, but also we don't know what, I, I don't, personally, I don't know what this guy had on his face. Like, if it was like Roblox or Minecraft or on his face, maybe that was cool. If it if it just said F you no, on his face. No, it it's like, it's like, like a lizard design. Like, it's, it's nice. They're good tats. It's blue. It's not, it's, it's a face tattoo, but it's not too much. 
if that makes so he looks like a chameleon. Any sense whatsoever? I need to see a picture of this. He looks I like a lizard. A yeah, yeah, he's a lizard person. It's deep state. That's cool. It, it, it was um it, it, um it was a suburb of Paris when the parents of a three year old child, to your point, Jason, complained to education authorities, says their son, who was not taught by the teacher he wasn't the kid that wasn't even taught oh come on was having nightmares here's the teacher himself i'm a primary school teacher indeed it's it's been it's my it's it's been 12 years i've started this job last year uh, i was in a in a kindergarten and uh one school one little boy out of 70 or 80 uh three-year-old boy um saw me and apparently he had nightmare he thought i was like a monster a monster and an horrible creature uh, i never saw him i i never entered his classroom i might have like uh, crossed his path into the corridor i don't i don't even know i think their the decision they took was quite sad because they never tried to stand behind me. They immediately uh, went uh, the parents' way. So get this. Um, a spokesperson for the local education authority said an agreement was reached with Helene to move him away from teaching kindergarten. Pupils under six could be frightened by his appearance, a spokesperson said. Despite the setbacks, Helene said he would stick to his chosen career. I'm a primary school teacher. I love my job. So he's probably going to get a job as a teacher again. Or he, or he still has one, just with a different age group that aren't as scared. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, it's okay yeah. for... I mean, obviously, like, we're all adults here. We've yeah. seen some crap in our times. Yes. And maybe we're not as scared... Of of somebody with a you know who looks like a lizard man. Yeah, or, you know what? Okay, you're flipping me here, but you just flip me. Yeah, you flip me with the point you're making. Yeah. But if you're yeah, if you're a kindergarten age kid, I I mean, yeah. and I'm trying to imagine myself as a kindergarten age kid, I would have been scared to yeah. see something like yeah. that. At first, maybe I would have been cool with it after. Right. Well, some of the kids did. They were cool with it, and they actually really liked it. But to your point, that you're right. Right now, kids are afraid with face tattoo, dude. It's not a cool thing, and black eyeballs is just. Let's be honest, it's scary as all F. The, like, black, the black eyeballs thing is still throwing me. It's freaking... Have you Googled <laughs> yeah, it? Google is. it. And Rob on the text says, yeah. black eyeballs? My teacher, Mr. Satan. <laughs> yes, welcome to class or hell. <laughs> you know what, though? Ah. You know what, though? Props, yeah. props to this guy for actually getting past the interview. Because this guy must be a crazy good teacher well, yeah. for him to have gotten past the interview stage. Comes in, rolls in with a nice dress shirt, yeah. tie, black, black eyes, face tattoo. Snake and then he impresses them with yeah. that. Oh, man, he must be a great teacher. That's a, you make a great point, man. But yeah, to, to your, both your guys' points, okay, I, I'm with you now. The younger kids, no. It's just our society isn't prepared for that. Kids aren't ready and parents will freak out. Older kids, okay, if they're cool with it, you can at least test the water with older kids. Be like, hey, are you freaked out by your teacher? And they can be like, yes or no. So, yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I agree with you, yeah. And, I mean, it could be a way to, to I mean, it's going to be a weird way to do this, but, you know, it could be a way to teach people well, to yeah. accept the differences of others. That's was, that was kind of my thing, too. Yeah. But maybe it's not for that age group. It's just too scary right now. But I, it's definitely a, a thing, and I think we should get used to face tattoos because they're really not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's 2020, man. Face yeah, tattoos right? are the least of our worries. The least worries. of our worries. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Shift Daily Podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.